0: So are you in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19? If you're there, say I'm there. All right. Verse 19 says this. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. It says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be. Refresh. Let's go ahead and pray over our time in the Word, Lord. We thank you for your Word, but we love you. We love your Word. You know, know your Word is awesome, amazing, life giving, life changing, accurate, and sharp than any two edged sword. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us all this morning. Holy Spirit, shine light on your Word. Uh, give us revelation, knowledge, Lord God, uh, to we so we can know you more, love you better, and that we can apply this to our lives. Lord, I ask that you help me again, Holy Spirit. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help, Lord, Uh, we bind up all distractions we plead the blood of Jesus over the lights and just pray you keep them working and that everything goes uh, according to your purpose your plan may your kingdom come and your will be done this morning and every day in our lives in Jesus name we pray amen well as we sit here today one year is closing and another one is about to begin right how many you are excited about the new year 2018 is, is upon us in just about 12 hours, the ball's gonna drop and all that good stuff, and we're gonna be in a new year. You know, maybe you set some goals, uh, this year in 2017, maybe made some resolutions, uh, some call it, maybe you asked God to do certain things in your life this year. So as we reflect in the end of the year, um, did you meet, in, so, did you meet your goals? Did you meet some of your goals, or one of them at least, or maybe to accomplish what some things you wanted to do? Maybe the things you were believing God for, did He answer? your prayers. Maybe you've already set some goals for 2018, you know, and, and I'm sure you believe in God for some things. You know, some of the common ones are a lot of times people want to get in better physical health, maybe start eating better, or start exercising again, right? Okay, so it's just me. Spiritual health, maybe. Let me try that one. <laughs> Spiritual health, you know, maybe, maybe you, you desire, you know, to, to get closer to the Lord. Maybe you, you know, this year, you started strong, or maybe went through most of the year strong, but you feel like maybe just recently in the holiday season, man, things have got so busy and crazy that you kind of your time with the Lord or your relationship with the Lord has maybe struggled. Uh, maybe you want to get more involved in church. We'd love you to get more connected and serve on our on our serve team. You know, or just do more in the community. Maybe, maybe you want to make a positive change in a strained relationship. Maybe things aren't going so good in your marriage. Maybe your relationship with your children, coworkers, friends, or Or someone else. Maybe there's been some strained relationships. And this year you you really are praying and believing God to restore some relationships. Maybe you want to get a better handle on your finances. Maybe you just want to be more consistent in every area of life. Maybe you're looking for a whole new direction in your life. Maybe you just want a different outcome at the end of 2018 as the one that you had at the end of this year. So my question this morning is, what will be new about next year? It's a new year, but what will be new about next year. Hopefully, it's not just that we're in a new month and that we all have brand new calendars, right? I was saying the first service, my wife didn't know I'm about to say this, but she, I don't think she mind. If you like my wife, she loves calendars. She is a calendars kind of person. I'm telling you, we were having Christmas at my mom's a few weeks ago and my sister-in-law was over there and she pulled it out to look at something with my niece and my wife's like eyes got so big. I think I, I saw a tear coming down her eye. She was like, look at that calendar. She was so excited about like paper calendar. Like I do all my stuff on my phone. Now everything's digital. She's like, I want to see a paper calendar. How many calendar geeks do we have like that? Be honest. Okay. All right. So. Hopefully, that's not the only new thing about this year, right? This morning, I want to dive into, and I want to encourage you, you know, to... to that, that, will be something new this year in your life. You know, I always like to meditate on the scripture in Isaiah every time this year. And, 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 and usually I teach along these lines something like this around the end of the year. But for me personally, cause it reminds me that God always wants to do a new thing in our lives. We say, yeah, but Brandon, that was, that was the prophet Isaiah prophesying a thousand years ago. Yeah, it was. But look what it says in Colossians three verses nine and 10. It says, do not lie to one another for you have put off the old self with its habits and put on the new self. This is the new being which God, its creator, look at this, is constantly renewing in his own image in order to bring you to full knowledge of himself. You see that? The apostle Paul says God's always wanting to renew us, renew our, our bodies, our minds, our lives, and do something new in our life. So again, to this morning, I want to show you some things, <clears throat> excuse me, to help position you to receive the new things the Lord has for you and hopefully help you accomplish the new goals you have for this coming years. So I am going to look at three different things, and I'm going to give you a few things under those, just some application. Number one is we need to stop staring in the rearview mirror. We need to stop staring in the rearview mirror. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says it like this. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead and you know I don't want to just say stop looking back or forget the past we're gonna look at that but I want to say stop staring in the rearview mirror and I'm gonna tell you why here in a minute but 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 let's look at the original language the Greek word for forgetting describes a turning from something that is finished done and obsolete so what he's saying is not only you're not just forgetting about it what he's saying is you, you you can't do anything about this Forget the past. 2017, again, uh, the, the, the 364 and a half days are gone now, right? There's nothing we can do about that. What happened in the past, those days, we can't get them back. You know, it, it, there's, there's no DVR in life where you can rewind it and, and watch it and play it back again, right? So he says, forgetting what lies behind. And I love this. And I actually just caught this reading at this time. And I, you know, read this and pray. He says, I focus on this one thing, but then he tells us two things. You notice that? These two things work together. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward, which we're going to look at in a minute. But let's look at why is it important to stop focusing on the past? Stop staring in the rearview mirror. Well, I'm glad you asked. When we keep looking back, we fail to see what God's doing right now. Or what he wants to do in the future. Isaiah 43 19, he says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. And look at this question. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? God saying, I'm about to do something new, or even I'm doing something new now. Can you not see it? Can you not see what's going on? And see, that's what's so important about not focusing on the past. And I why I said stop staring in the rearview mirror. You ever, you know, rearview mirrors are very helpful, right? It's nice to have a rear view mirror in your car. Have you ever got caught while you're driving down the road in your vehicle and you maybe, st- you know, stared in the rearview mirror just a little too long? Maybe watching somebody that's, you know, maybe, you know, uh, uh, tailing you too close or you seeing somebody swerving or whatever. Uh, are you trying to read somebody's license plate or something on the front of their car? And what happens if you stare in the rearview mirror too long? You ever looked up and you looked in front of you and there was maybe somebody stopped? You ever did that? Or somebody swerved in front of you? A rearview mirror could be very helpful, but it could also be dangerous if you're staring at it while you're driving down the road. If we look in behind us or focusing on what's behind us, we can't see what's coming down in front of us. The second reason is we may think that God's going to move the same way he did in the past. He said, behold, I am going to do something new. I'm about to do something new. He wants to do something new in us, possibly in a whole new way. You know, I remember I learned this early on in my, my walk with the Lord. Um, I wasn't even on staff here yet, and and man, I was doing everything I knew to do. I was I was, you know, just gotten saved, and I was coming to church. I was involved in a life group. I was reading my Bible every day. I was praying. I was worshiping. I was fasting, coming to prayer meetings. But there was a couple of, it was like two weeks, and I just felt dry. I felt like. I needed something more. Like I needed, uh, like there was a block between me and God. And I didn't know why. I was praying and repenting. Lord, is there any sin in my life? What's going on? Lord, I need you to to give me something new and fresh from you. And I'm doing everything I know how. And I remember one Sunday morning, I got up before church and I was praying this. Lord, show me something in the word today. Lord, as I'm praying, Lord, do something like set me ablaze, set me on fire. You know, just give me a new, uh, a new um, uh, umph for you, you know, so to speak. And I started reading my Bible, hoping that the Lord was going to show me something and, and, and give me a fresh fire for Him. And then I hear a knock on my door, and I'm like, "Oh, great! Now somebody's interrupted my time with the Lord." You know, I opened the door, and it was a good friend of mine, and he was in shambles. He was crying. He was he was broken. Uh, a a long time girlfriend had just broke up with him. The girl that he wanted to marry. And he was he was totally broken. He just showed up on my doorstep. So, of course, I let him in and just began to love on him and minister to him. He wasn't saved at the time and him, gave him a Bible and prayed for him. And when he left my house, I was so on fire. I was so excited. I was so just, I mean, I, I I hadn't felt that way in a long time. And in that moment, the Lord showed me that he wanted to do something new in me. Instead of getting more and getting more, he was teaching me how to start pouring out and helping others. So he set me on fire. He gave me some freshness by doing something totally new in a totally new way that I wasn't expecting before, right? Matter of fact, I didn't say this the first service. Cool thing is he showed up on my doorstep crying because this girl broke up with him. He ended up getting saved and I ended up marrying him and that girl. That was the first wedding I ever did. So really cool into that story. So, um, But the Lord wants to do something new, and we got to be open to it. You know, look at the Gospels. All through the Gospels, we see Jesus healing people in different ways, right? If you read the Gospels, very seldom did Jesus heal somebody the same way. Made mud, rubbed it on their eyes, put his finger in their their ears. Uh, One of my personal favorite that would not go well with today's day and age with all the sanitizer and Lysol we have, he spit on his hand and actually touched the tongue of somebody that was mute. How many of y'all would let somebody do that today? Brother, he wants to give you a new tongue. Let me, let me spit on my hand. No, we, especially during flu season right now, we wouldn't be having that, right? But the Lord did all kind of. He would do different things, new ways, all the time. And even in the Old Testament, I just thought about this. In the Old Testament, whenever I forgot the guy's name, but he went to get healed, and I think it was Naaman. Naaman went to get healed, and and they told him to go to wash in the river uh, Jordan and whatnot. And he's like, "Oh, I thought he was going to just wave his hand and say some words. All right, there's plenty of better rivers than that." But the Lord did something new, and then finally, servants convinced the man, "Go do it. Go wash yourself like he said." And Naaman was healed of leprosy. And so he did something totally new. We got to be careful. If you keep looking at the past and how God moved this year or maybe even years past or last decade, you got to be careful. Then you start talking about the good old days. How many of y'all like to talk about the good old days? Ecclesiastes 7.10 says this, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Did you know that was in the Bible? You got to be careful. It's it's okay to reminisce. I mean, hey, uh, just right now, my wife, she she brought this to my attention as we were talking about this week. It's great to look back. Don't forget, and we can look back and, and thank the Lord for what he's done in 2017. Amen. We want to give him praise. We want to thank him for all that he's done. He's done some wonderful things, I know, in my life and in my family and this church. But when you long for the good old days, I had actually a conversation uh, with some people just recently, a few weeks ago, and they were talking about, you know, uh, they're kind of really not in a church right now looking around for a church. And they were like, man, it's just hard to find a place where they do church like we used to have church. Like, man, they don't do church like they we used to do church back then. And it's like, that's what I believe the Bible talking about, being careful. Because if you long for the good old days the way church was back then, we can miss what God's doing right now. Listen, Times change. Genres of music change. As long as we're not compromising our heart and our purity and our holiness to walk with the Lord and the truth of the word of God, things are going to change. Things are going to be different. And I believe the Lord is going to continue from what the Bible says to work in new ways. So that's another reason we got to be careful not to stare in the rearview mirror. Also, we make, make things seem harder than they really are. You ever thought back in the past and say, man, things were easier back then when you fill in the blank. Like I mentioned before, my wife and I was like, "Man, we we used to think, man, it was so much easier when we just had one kid, you know." And we actually think that, but really, the truth is, it it's it really not a lot. Whatever the case may be, a lot of times I've come to learn that we think things were easier back then, and it's only because we've we've gotten past it and came through it already. So when you look back at it, it seems like you know now some things it was like, "Man, that was a hard time in my life," but other things it seems like it was easier, but it really wasn't. It's because we've gotten past it. So if we focus on that, we make today seem like it's harder than it really is. And the last thing, and probably the most important, is focusing on past failures will keep you from future success. You know, I think about this as, you know, a lot of y'all know I like sports there's been times I've, I've been watching say my favorite football team and they're losing at halftime and I'll see a stat run across the screen that says no team has ever come back from this deficit, you know, when losing by this amount. And man, I look at that. And I remember one time thinking like, I'm not paying attention to that stat. My team's going to come back and win this game. And they did actually no team had ever done it. They were the first team to do it. Or if you, maybe if you follow baseball or basketball, like in uh, they have series in the playoff, like a seven game series, best four out of seven. And I remember a few years back, uh, you, how many baseball guys or gals we have in here? I know Pastor Rob's one of them. I remember uh, the, the, the Boston Red Sox were down to the Yankees uh, three games to nothing. And that was the big thing all across any, any news media you saw that no team has ever come down 3-0 to come back and win and uh, to come back and win a series. Now think about it. If those players would have bought into the past stats and what happened in the past. They would have gave up. There would have been no hope. But guess what? The Boston Red Sox came back and won four straight games, beat the Yankees, went on to win the World Series. Cause they wasn't focusing on past failures. They had hope that we're going to change the tide here. So we need to do the same thing. You know, I have a quote in my office that says, never let yesterday's disappointments overshadow tomorrow's dreams. Never let yesterday's disappointments overshadow tomorrow's dreams. You maybe had plenty of disappointments in 2017. But listen, y'all, 2018, I believe, is filled with a bunch of new and great opportunities and blessings that the Lord has for us. Amen? Now not only uh now that word forgetting that Paul uses in, in this first part of the scripture in Philippians 3, it not only means turning from something, but it also means turning from one thing to focus on something else, which leads to our next point. Keep looking and pressing ahead. Again, that's why he says, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says one thing, but it's actually two, but they're combined. It's supposed to be together. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now, I love the New Living Translation, but I don't believe it does it justice here. The King James, the New King James says it's better, and he says reaching forward. He says, I'm forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. And when you look at that word in the original language, it's it's, it's the picture of a runner running a race, running with every ounce of strength he can muster to get around that final bend in the stadium one last time to finish as the winner. His whole body and eyes are fastened on that goal as he leans forward and runs with all his might to break the finish line. So you see, the wording that Paul is using here is not like, hey, man, I'm looking forward to the new year. Like, I'm looking forward, I'm thinking about it, man, it's going to be great, looking forward to it. You know, no, he's, this terminology he's saying is, I am going after it with all my being. This new year, I'm reaching forward and I want it to be the best year ever. I'm going, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, no matter what happens, I'm going after it. I'm forgetting the past and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. I thought think about this all around today if you watch football, I know this year I've actually had this thought a while ago some of y'all might not be watching the NFL this year but all around the NFL today there's going to be teams and players doing this trying to get into the playoffs. It's the last regular, uh, the week of the regular season trying to lock up maybe a division spot and they're going to be straining and struggling playing through injuries to try to get the ultimate goal of getting in the playoffs. In the next few weeks they're going to be taking it to another level, trying to get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win the Super Bowl. You know, Paul's telling us to do the same things. Sometimes you got to reach and stretch through injuries, through hurt, through disappointment. And guys, ultimately, we're reaching for a prize and a goal that's worth way more than a Super Bowl trophy. Amen. Listen, I want to read to you Isaiah forty three again, but I want to go up a little bit. I want to start in verse fourteen this time to, to to hone in on what what I'm saying here and how what Paul saying, coronates with, with what Isaiah was saying back then. Look at verse 14 through 16, Isaiah 43. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smalter and candle wick. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. Listen, the Lord... Did not want the Israelites to totally forget the Exodus from Egypt. However, he needed them to look forward in faith to the spectacular event that was about to occur, whether, rather than just dwelling on the past. See, even if it's good things, again, like my wife was talking about, it's great. We need to focus and, and, and remember what the Lord or give the Lord praise for what he did in 2017. You see it all through the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. They would set up uh, memorials or, you know, they would set up big stones and rocks, uh, when, when God did something amazing to remind the generations coming up of what the Lord had did in the past but listen we don't want to get too locked into that and miss what the Lord's going to do moving forward right so that's the setup to what he was saying he said look I did all this stuff took you out of Egypt did all these wonderful miracles and plagues and all that but he said listen that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do so this could have been your greatest year yet and none of this about you know failures or sidesteps or any of that even pertains to you you can say Brandon 2017 was the best year ever get ready 18 could be even better. That's what the Lord's saying. I want to do something new, even greater. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to divinely energize you to run your race in the new year with your eyes and your whole being fixed on the goal, as Paul said. It could be challenging at times, and I'm, I'm sure it will be. But if we surrender to his control, as I talked about earlier, let the Holy Spirit guide us. I believe that 2018, he's got some new things he wants to do in you and through you. Amen. And the third and final thing is that we need to determine to get out of any ruts that we are in in our life. What is a rut? A rut is an established habit or a course of life, usually dull or unpromising. It's a habit or something that's dull. It's unpromising. It's just, you know, you ever, you know, got your vehicle stuck in a rut, right? Right. You're pressing the gas as fast as you can. You're doing everything you would normally be doing to drive, except you ain't going nowhere. You're just spinning your tires, and, and, and you're getting your vehicle all messed up. And if you've ever been on the back end of trying to push one of those vehicles out, you get all messy too, right? That's what a rut is. You you burn a lot of energy, but there, there's not a lot of productivity in it. Somebody said this, a rut is just a grave with the sides kicked out. A rut's just a grave with the sides kicked out. Listen, if you're not growing, if you're not progressing, then you're dying spiritually, or even mentally, emotionally. People say, man, you should do something to challenge your brain every day so you can t- continue to develop your brain spiritually, emotionally. You know, we, it's easy to get into ruts in life. We can get into spiritual ruts. We can develop and establish habits, our procedures of walking with the Lord that are, are dull and unpromising as well. These spiritual ruts will keep us from experiencing the new things God wants to do in us with our walk with him. As I said earlier, maybe you feel like you're in a spiritual rut. Maybe this year has been hard on you. Maybe just the end of this year, the second part of this year, has been has been tough and, and trying on you. And maybe you feel like, man, I just feel dry. I feel like I felt in, in my in my house that day for those weeks where I just felt like, man, Lord, I need something new. I need something fresh. You know, these ruts sometimes can be from old religious habits and traditions. Jesus addresses this in Luke five thirty six. Says then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old one. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new. The old is just fine, they say. What Jesus was saying to the religious leaders is that your religious habits and traditions are keeping you from experiencing the new things that the Lord wants to do in your life. We can all get into some kind of habits or re- religious ritual or tradition in our lives. Jesus said this in Luke five thirty-eight. New wine must be stored in new fresh wineskins. You know, God wants to do something new and exciting in our lives Is coming here. The Hebrew word for new is, in Isaiah 30, 43, 19, also means fresh. Not only does he want to do something new and fresh, he wants to refresh you spiritually. Just as it said in Colossians, how he wants to continuously renew us, he wants to continuously refresh us spiritually. Isaiah forty three twenty says this, yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Y'all still tracking with me? How many of y'all want something fresh from the Lord this year? So how do you get out of these ruts? I'm going to give you three ways and then then we're going to close out. Three ways to get out of ruts, whether it be spiritual, relational uh, ruts, maybe physical, three ways. Number one and probably the biggest First and foremost is you must be willing to change. You must be willing to change. I know you've all heard the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? You've probably heard that, right? That's the definition of insanity. And that's what a rut is. When you're in a rut in a vehicle, if you just keep on spinning the tires, actually, not only do you not get out what happens, it dig deeper. It gets worse. It goes worse. If you just keep pressing the gas and going, no, usually you got to turn it. You got to get somebody to pull you out. You got to turn. You got to do something different than what you're doing. Put some boards under the tires. You got to do something to get out of that rut. You must be willing to change. Matthew 3, 11 says this. This was John the Baptist speaking. He said, as for me, I baptize you with water because of your repentance. Listen to this. That is because you are willing to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret your sin and live a changed life. Now, John the Baptist was specifically talking about uh, salvation here, that we got to be willing to change in order to get saved. But I know we got to be willing to change in order to, to move forward with our walk with the Lord if we're in any kind of ruts, right? You must be willing to change your old way of thinking and old unfruitful habits. Again, if it's not working or if it's, you're doing it over and over not getting a different result, It might be time for a change. It is time for a change. There might be some things that the Lord has shown you this year, maybe the end of this year. Maybe even right now as I've been speaking, the Lord is putting his finger on something in your life that he wants you to change. Maybe a way of thinking, a mindset, maybe something you're doing, maybe something that you're not doing. Listen, I want you to follow through with that. Right of Hebrews gives us a stern warning. In Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, he says this. That is why the Holy Spirit says today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested God's patience in the wilderness. See, Israel, part of why Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years is they were unwilling to change. That's what Paul was saying. He are unwilling to change. The Lord was telling them to do things and they would continue to, they would do them for a while, but then they would revert back to their old ways. Luke five thirty nine again. Jesus said, "No one puts old wine. Old, no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. Listen to this: the old is just fine. They say, Jesus was saying that the religious leaders were resistant to change." Now I get it. This was totally different than everything they had been taught for years and years and years. Jesus comes on the scene and says, "Hey, man, the Lord's he wants to do and have a new covenant with us. The old way of we're, our way of connecting with God and living for the Lord and how, how we think we're gonna get right with God. He's doing something totally new now. But they were not—they were resistant to change, even though they saw the miracles. They can see Jesus doing amazing things. They could hear his answers when they would try to trap him. They heard the questions when he was 12 years old. When he was, you know, going." back for the passover they were blown away but still they were resistant to what the lord wanted to do and it was the new covenant through jesus coming down and dying for us to receive the new the lord has for for, for you and me we must be willing to change which leads into the next thing we must also be teachable we must be teachable mark 4 25 and amplified says for whoever has a teachable heart to him more understanding will be given and whoever does not have a yearning for truth even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, a person who has a teachable heart is receptive to what God wants to do. And he, those that don't have a teachable spirit, they'll reject something new the Lord wants to do. But Jesus goes a step further and says, listen, if you reject change and what the Lord's wanting to do in your life and you're not being teachable, not only will you not get something new, but what we do have will be taken away from us. In other words, some understanding of the Lord and his ways can actually be removed from us if we're not willing to be teachable. And I know it's true that the older we get physically or as I walk with the Lord, it's harder for us sometimes to be teachable, to learn from somebody else, to maybe even learn from somebody younger than us. But anybody can teach us. We can learn, even from our spouses. Amen? I got one amen and like a dozen laughs, like... But it's true, the Lord will use your spouse to try to help teach you and help you along the way. I like how Pastor Larry says, listen, man, your spouse is not attacking you, she's just adjusting you, right? She's just adjusting you. Before I came up here, I put my blazer on, I looked at my wife, and I was like, am I good? You know, if my, you know, collar was all cassade, I'd want her to tell me, you know? I'd want her to adjust me, I wouldn't get offended. She's like, hey, before you go up there, you might want to fix your collar, Right? So we need to all be teachable. Unless we're willing to be taught, we'll never learn God's ways or receive. Listen to this. New revelation of who he is and what he wants to do in our lives. One of the prayers I've prayed throughout most of this year in 2017 is that the Lord would reveal to me who he really is. Because even after, you know, walking with the Lord 15 and a half years, I know that there's, a, that there's way more to know about who God is. Not what he can do, what I want from him, how, but just, Lord, show me who you really are. Show me your heart, Lord, not what I've heard about you, not what I've thought up about you, because we make caricatures out of God. We really do. We, we come up with things about the Lord, and we, we make up, you know, things, but Lord, show me who you really are. I want to be teachable from the Lord through others and say, hey, man, this is, you know, this is who the Father is. This is the Father's heart. So I'm praying that going into 2018 to, Lord, show me who you really are. I want to learn more of who you are. I want to be teachable. Also, Don't be content with where you are spiritually. As I said earlier, you might be good. You might think, Brandon, I don't have a whole lot of regrets from this year. I don't don't feel like I had a whole lot of failures or disappointments. You might have come through this year. You feel like you're doing good spiritually, and that's awesome. So I want to speak to you and just encourage you. Don't be content where you are, though. Don't be content where you are spiritually. Always desire to grow and and and, and desire more. Look at Matthew 5:16 in the amplified it says, "Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness." Now, this is the key. I like this part those who actively seek right standing with God for they will be completely satisfied I always love that scripture blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness he says those that actively seek him now I know we're in right standing with God when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and repent but I, I I believe and and I love how he says that we need to actively seek him on a regular basis so so don't be content with where you are Here are some ways you can continue to actively seek the Lord, no matter what level you're at. If you say, Brandon, I haven't been seeking him at all. I haven't been trying to go deeper in my faith and my walk. Or if you say, man, I'm I'm good. I feel like we can all get to another level, right? We can all go to another level. I don't believe any of us has arrived. First thing is, hey, I want to encourage you. Maybe you do this and maybe you've never done this. I want to encourage you. Plan to read through the Bible, the entire Bible in 2018. Plan to read through the whole Bible. That might seem like a daunting task right off, the, right off the bat, but it's really not. You know, they say there's different reading plans, but one that I've been following for years, if you read three chapters a day and five on Sundays, you can read through the entire Bible in a year, in a calendar year. And it takes average of about 15 minutes to read three chapters a day. You have 15 minutes a day? We can carve out 15 minutes, right? We spend more time than that watching the news or sports Center or or, you know, whatever else we do. 15 minutes a day and, and a little more time on Sundays. Listen, I want to encourage you. This is one of the best things that I've ever done and I still do. And I don't do it because I'm a pastor. I did this before I came on staff. And I don't, I don't read through the Bible every year because I'm a pastor. I do it for my own personal growth. I do it because I want to continue to actively. I could say, well, man, I've read through the Bible, you know, almost 20 times now. You know, but you know what? I, every year this morning, I finished reading my reading plan this morning, and I finished up in Ecclesiastes. And I've read through that book again multiple times. I've read scriptures and I've studied it to preach and whatnot. And I still I saw a couple of things this morning. I was sharing with my wife, like, "Man, check this out! There's something new and something fresh every time we go into the Bible, expecting." So listen, I want to encourage you. If you have the church app, there's actually a Bible reading plan on our church app. If you don't have it, I encourage you to download our church app, Family Life church lafayette you can go in any one of your your app stores or whatever you have whatever device you have and i want to encourage you if you start tomorrow january 1st it'll take you through the whole bible give you a few uh chapters to read every day and it'll take you through uh the whole bible in a year we also have one year bibles in the bookstore you can buy one of those and it takes you through the whole the whole bible as well also um we're going to have later this week the paper uh, uh, Bible reading plans, which I use. I, I I study and preach off on an iPad and use my computer. But when I read the Bible, I still like, like Pastor Brady got to go to Old Fashioned. How many of y'all still paper and leather kind of people when it comes to reading your Bible? I still love it. And I have a paper little plan that I, I mark off whenever I read my chapters in a day. And I'm telling you, this will help you. First of all, you'll get the full counsel of God and you're continuously actively, continuously pursuing the Lord. Second thing is make daily prayer and worship a priority. I don't want to stop at just saying we need to pray daily. We need to worship daily. We need to make it a priority. You will make a priority what's important to you in life. Whatever's important to you, you'll make it a priority. How many of y'all make it a priority to get that cup of coffee first thing in the morning? I got both hands and my foot raised, right? We make coffee a priority first thing in the morning. Whatever you make, what's important to you, you're going to make a priority. Well, you say, you know, Brandon, I struggle in prayer. I don't know how to pray. It's hard for me to pray on a regular basis. Well, this coming Sunday, a week from today, Pastor Ty will be kicking off a brand new series called Teach Us to Pray. Also, Coming along with that, the next thing is we're going to start, as Pastor Brady said, 21 days of prayer and fasting. The whole month of January is going to be focused on prayer. Not only are we going to be praying corporately uh, together, seeking the Lord together, but you know, if you come out, we're going to have prayer meetings every evening. We're doing a little different. We're not going to have morning and noon. Every evening at 6.30 p.m. we'll have prayer meetings. Wednesday nights, we're going to have prayer groups where we're going to break up into life groups that will be focused on learning a little bit about prayer and then praying together. All these things will help you. If you do these things in a corporate setting, will help you to pray and to worship on a regular basis all through the year. Make it a priority. If you haven't already, the next thing is, hey, go to the next steps class. It starts this coming Sunday. We don't have it today. It's the fifth Sunday, and so we don't have the next steps class. But listen, if you have not gone through our next steps class, four consecutive weeks, and it it breaks down our vision to know God, to live free, to find your purpose, and to make a difference. We have a brand-new location this coming year, too, instead of upstairs, J building. It's going to be right here in the A building, this brick building, as you walk out to the front parking lot on the left. We renovated that room, and so we have a brand-new location. We're excited about it listen it'll help you to, to 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 find what your purpose is if you don't know in life and to get more connected in the church and then the last thing is to again i want to i want to hone in on this not only to join but to join a life group and to make it a priority to stay connected to it join a life group if you're not already in a life group join one and stay connected make it a priority that make it a goal in 2018 that i'm gonna stay connected now i will say this not our life groups are in semesters so you might have a life group that runs for say 6 weeks or 2 months and then it ends and then you might have another one or that group will start up again but what's important is that not only during the group time but when you have when you get when you when you get in a life group You make connections inside of that group that continue on outside of it. I'm looking around, and there's about three couples in here right now that my wife and I had in our young marriage life group uh, for a few different semesters. And we hadn't led a life group in in, in probably over here, but we're still connected with all these couples. We made this connection. And listen, it helps. Life groups is a small group of people doing life together. So even when the actual group ends, you can stay connected with those people and they can walk with you, pray with you, help you, be a phone call away, you know, spend time with you uh, uh, throughout the year to help you to 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 pursue the Lord and to be ready for the new that the Lord has for you. So as I close out, if you think about it, the Lord says I want to do something new. Our whole relationship with Christ is based on newness. Think about this. God made a new covenant for us to live in. When we get saved, We become new creations in Christ. The Bible says we're going to live in a new heaven. And he says when we get there, we're all going to have new names. Everything that the Lord does is based upon newness and freshness. Let me say this. Our God is not a stale God. Amen? He's all about new and fresh. Revelations 21.5 says this. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I, I am making all things new. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Remember... Philippians 14, one of the first verses we read, it says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This heavenly prize is only for those who have been born again, who have given their life to Christ, who have surrendered, as John the Baptist said, their old self and repented of their sin and turned to the Lord. Do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed. And again, I just do this out of reverence for the Lord. One helps you to focus on Him, and it's out of respect for others. But I just want to, you know, I want to give you an invitation. For some of you in here, the best way you can start off this new year, now less than 12 hours away, the best way you can start off this new year is by beginning a new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all going to die one day, we're all going to perish. Paul says, I'm pressing on to that heavenly prize. Not everybody goes to heaven. The Bible makes it clear only those that have put their trust and their faith and their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if this is my last day. If I don't see 2018 tomorrow, where, I, where I'm going to go? We're all going to spend eternity somewhere. The Bible says it's appointed for, uh, for man to die once after that comes judgment. If you say, Brandon, you know what? I need to start a new relationship with the Lord. I don't know if I'm right with him. Or maybe you say, I was right with him at one time. I've gone away from him. But this day on the eve of a brand new year, I want to start a new relationship. I want to get right with the Lord. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right, but I want to do that today. I want to start the new year off right. I just want you to slip up your hand. And then just, and I'd like to pray for you. I see hands going up over here. All over here over here as well. Thank you, Jesus. Hands going up all over the sanctuary. Anybody else? I want to start new, fresh. I want to be right with God. I want to give my life to Christ. Okay, all of you that have raised your hands. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And those of you that maybe have been saved at one time, you can pray with us to just recommit and rededicate your life to the Lord. I just want, we're all going to pray this together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for pursuing me. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive the free gift of salvation. Give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Now, Lord, I prepare my heart for everything new that you have for me in this new year. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give them a hand clap? Congratulations. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there was a card in the pew in front of you with a green strip, and it says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. It takes about less than 30 seconds. You can drop it off in one of the boxes of the info center on your way out. Now, how many of y'all are really believing for something new for God in this new year? You want something fresh, something fresh, something new? break out of the stale, the stagnant. Hey, if that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord. I want to pray as we leave and let's just all believe together. I got my hands raised. Father, we are believing and we're receiving. Our hands are outstretched, Lord God for this new year. Lord God, I pray that you help us to not stare in the rearview mirror, to press on, to reach forward, Lord God, with all that we have, for all that you have for us in 2018. Help us to get out of any ruts that we're in, to seek you, to actively continue to seek you each and every day. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring, fresh fire, presence, and provision to be poured out upon your people. I pray you bless them as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a blessing prosperous new year.